0: About prayer, There was this captain and he's with his boat and all of a sudden the boat starts sinking and everybody, right, starts freaking out. Oh, what are we going to do? Help, help, help. And the captain says, hold up, hold up, hold up. Does anybody here know how to pray? And this guy, really righteous and proud, stands from amongst the crowd and says, Captain, I do. I pray all the time. I am a prayer warrior. The captain says, good. You start to pray. The rest of us, grab a life jacket, we're one short. (laughs) Prayer. Prayer. That's how we're going to begin our series. (laughs) We start our series today with prayer. And I don't know about you, but for me, prayer is something that I want to learn how to do more and more. And I don't know about you, but for me, prayer is something that's confusing sometimes. I mean, we read in scripture that we need to pray, pray without ceasing. So what does that mean? We need to pray, pray, pray. Should it come natural just like breathing? But sometimes I look at other people's prayer or I hear other people's praying and I am say, wow, now that's prayer. Does anybody else feel this way or is it just me? Nobody? Okay, then we don't have to have this series. Don't worry about it. I think a lot of us have questions about prayer. And I hope that all of us want to get better when it comes to prayer. And so today we begin that series. And for the next four weeks, we're going to cover what I call the four P's of prayer. The purpose of prayer. The practice of prayer. The pursuit of prayer. And last, the provision of prayer. Throughout this series, we're going to answer questions that I believe a lot of us have. For example, the purpose, we're going to answer the question why. Why do I need to pray if God is all-sovereign and he knows everything, if he knows me more than I know myself, why pray? Why do I have to pray? Because when I pray, my prayers aren't answered. What is the purpose? Next week, we're going to look at the practice and answer the question how. How do I pray? Do I have got to use big words? Do I have to uh, lay flat on my face? Do I kneel? How? How? Is there an order in prayer? And then we're going to look at the pursuit. When do I pray? Do I pray in the morning? Do I pray at night? Do I pray before we eat? Yes, of course we pray before we eat. Right, Pastor? When? When is it that I pray? And then last but not least, the provision. What do I pray for? Can I pray in his name and I will win the lottery? Can I pray that I can get a better job? I want you guys to stay tuned because all these questions, God willing, will be answered through His Word about prayer. Today we're going to look at the purpose of prayer. Why pray? And as I prepared for this sermon, I I went into my logos, I went into scripture. And man, there's so many reasons why we're called to pray. Again, you look at scripture and you see all these examples of people praying and praying. And each person prayed for something differently. Their purpose was different. So what I want us to do this afternoon with the short time we have together is I want us to narrow it down to four. What I believe four main purposes of prayer. We're going to cover a lot of scripture. We're going to have the scripture behind me on the screen. So let's get ready. Purpose number one, the reason for prayer. First of all, I see all the time, we see in scripture, I am called to pray. We are called to pray. If we profess to be Christians, Christ followers, we are called to pray. Jesus prayed all the time. We read that he goes off at night and prays for hours. He prays continually. We are called to pray. And Paul tells us the same thing in Romans 12, verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. It is really a command. Rejoice in hope. The first command, be patient in tribulation. And last, be constant in prayer. We are called to pray. Paul also write in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. You guys are familiar with this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The command here is: don't be actions, don't be anxious, pray. Pray. We are called to pray. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17: pray without ceasing. Pray, pray, pray. Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8, I desire then that in every place the men should pray. Lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. We are called to pray. That's why we pray. I just want to make a very clear distinction. You shouldn't be obligated to pray. Do not be obligated. Obligated. Don't pray out of obligation, pray out of adoration. We want to come to God with joy and thanksgiving. We want to pray not because we have to, we want to pray because we want to. I think a lot of us do it out of obligation. We had this little box. Check it. I need to pray. Oh, here comes our meal. Let's pray. We have to pray. Here comes our meal, right? We feel that we have to, not the desire that we want to. As a matter of fact, I'm guilty of this. Sometimes when we pray, we just say words just to get out of the way. Jesus is very clear in Matthew 6, as we're going to look at next week. When you pray, do not just babble words as those that do not know how to pray. Don't consider it an obligation. Again, it is an honor to be able to pray to God. Second thing is prayer expresses my faith in God. Prayer is expressing dependency in God. We come to God and just asking God for whatever it is. But we need to trust God. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. We need to come to God and trust him that he is going to do something better for us, abundantly more than we ever think or ask for. Trusting God through prayer is saying, God, your will be done. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 through 15. A lot of us take this these verses and we take it out of context. He writes this, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Here's a problem, again, that we take this out of context. We read it like this. If we pray, he hears us. If we ask, he hears us. And if he hears us, he gives us. But we leave one very important element. If we pray according to his will. Big difference. When we pray according to his will, we say, Father, your will be done. He goes, I hear you. I got you. And my will will be done. Thank you for praying to me. I trust you. But if we're honest, we come to God and say, God, my will be done. Answer my prayers. You conform to my necessity. Not the other way around. That's the issue we have. Please hear me, church. There's nothing wrong for us to come to God with our petitions. We're asked to do that. But always remembering if we are coming to God in prayer and we truly trust him, then how he answers is the right answer. And I truly believe that a lot of us stop praying because we come to him, we ask and ask and our prayers aren't answered according to our will. So we push him away and say, why even pray? What is the purpose? I prayed and nothing, nothing happened. I'm going to propose to you one reason for that. And James says in 4, James 4, verse 3, you ask and do not receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Church, we do that often. Father, I need a raise. Father, I need this. I need that. Again, my will, my will, my will. That's not trusting God. That's making you God. And God becomes your puppet, your genie. It's trusting him. Trusting that his will will be done. A very good friend of mine, one of my mentors, one of the man that I look up to quite a bit. For years, he was a leader here at Grace Bible Church. He moved up north. And for years, his son was battling cancer. And all of us, the whole church it seemed like would pray for this young man, pray, and he would get better. But then one day, he turned for the worst. And one day, he went to be with the Lord. I think it was a week after that this man came to me. Again, I look up to him to this day. And he said, God answered my prayer. And I thought in the back of my mind, what are you talking about? I didn't say it, but I thought it, he's no longer here with us. But this is how he responded. He said, Eddie, he responded, he said, I prayed for my son not to suffer anymore. And God answered my prayers because he's no longer suffering, he is in the arms of God. Of our Heavenly Father. And I thought, now that's faith. That's praying according to His will. I know a lot of us have gone through some very horrific moments, especially this year. I know there's been a lot of jobs lost. I know there's been people in our lives that have gone on, that passed away. I can't give you specific answers for that, but I can't tell you what God says. See, we have to remember that we're put on this earth to glorify God. And when we come in prayer to God and we truly trust him, you might not have the answer, but you're coming to God and say, I trust you. I don't get it. I don't agree with it. I'm hurting, Father. But I know ultimately you're going to be glorified in whatever situation we're in. I'm reminded of the gospel of John. Jesus is walking and two of his apostles are walking with him. And this blind man comes up to Jesus. And the apostles say, Jesus, master, why is this man blind? Was it because his parents sinned and he's, they're being punished for it? Or is it because something that he's done? What is it? Tell us. And Jesus says, Ay, de tontos, you don't get it. And he gives us the answer. He gives them the answer. He says, this man was born blind for this moment so that the son of man may be glorified. And then he spits on the ground, makes mud, and puts it on his eyes and the man can see. And I can probably imagine the man thinking, really? I had to go through all this for this? But then we read that he followed Jesus and trusted him. Church, I don't know what you're going through, but he will be glorified. And we, re- we are reminded in Romans 8.28... And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Not that all things are good. All things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. We're called according to his purpose. And ultimately we need to trust him that his will be done. Have faith. Third reason. The third purpose of prayer. Prayer intervenes in other people's lives. Lives. Why pray? Because when we pray, we intervene. We ask the Holy Spirit to change a person's heart. To change our heart. Let me say this about intervening and praying for others. I want to start in the most important, I believe, intervention we can have in others' hearts. Luke chapter 6, verse 28. Jesus says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. <laughs> What? Jesus says it's easy to love someone who loves you. Love your enemies. That's what you're called to do. And I'm sure if you're like me, you pray for those that abuse you, that have hurt you in some way, but you pray this way. Get them, God. Revenge. Right? That's not how we're called to intervene for others in our prayers. We're called, first of all, to forgive them, change their hearts, more importantly, change my heart. I know a lot of us are sitting here with unforgiveness. No, esta me dijo esto, and she told me this, and he told me. Th- no, 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 no. Pray for them. Pray. Pray to intervene that the Holy Spirit softens our hearts. That's the purpose. We're also called to pray for all people. Not just pick and choose family and loved ones. No, no, all people. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 says this, first of all then, here it is, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, everyone. We need to pray for our community. We need to pray for every single individual. Let me just say this and I will move on. We need to pray for our leaders and our authorities. When the last time that you did that? I haven't done it in a while. I will be honest. But we need to pray for our leaders to follow God's will. Not complain. Pray. And last but not least, we are all called to pray for us, for believers Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, praying at all times, Paul says, in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, there it is again. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, all the ones that have been set apart, all believers. Church, Jesus, we read in John 17, prayed for you and for me. We are called to pray for all believers. I want to propose to you that we, when we pray, Take a focus, our focus off of us and look at others. I know some of us are suffering, but others are suffering as well. And we need to pray for their supplications. When was the last time you did that? Pray for your neighbor. Open up your eyes. There is a need for prayer in our community. It's not all about us. It's about all people. We need to intervene. And for me, the most important prayer that I have to interview new people is something that Paul prayed in Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. At the same time, he says, Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Now, Paul's in prison for sharing the Word. And notice, Paul's not saying open up the door to my prison. He's saying open up the door, the opportunity for me to share the gospel. The reason I'm in jail is because I've been sharing the gospel. I want more of that. My prayer used to be, and I stepped away from it, I'm going to get back into it. God, show me who I can share the gospel with. And if that's your prayer, watch out. His will will be done. You'll start running into opportunities that you will never imagine. And you share his word. We are called to be the salt and the light. Pastor Chuck Swindle says it this way, shake and shine. I did that. I was on fire. But let me give you a word of caution when you become the salt and the light. Don't overshake and don't overput the light. For a year I was a believer before my wife was. My number one goal was to convert my wife. Man, did I pour on the salt and man, did I put on that light. But if you pour on too much salt on a steak, you're not gonna want that steak. And if you come with somebody with a flashlight in their eyes, you're gonna blind them. I was blinding her like no tomorrow until what I should have done first. I came to my small group of men and they said, Have you prayed? Have you prayed for God to move in her heart? And then the rest of history. I know a lot of you have been praying and praying for loved ones to see the light. To come to know the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't stop. Don't stop. I knew and I still know this dumb guy who forever... For over 10 years, his mom prayed and prayed and prayed. And this idiot wouldn't open his eyes. But now this idiot is standing before you, asking you not to stop praying. Intervene through your prayers so that God can soften hearts. And that people can accept his son as Lord and Savior. Last... But definitely not least, I pray to communicate with God. The purpose of prayer is to come into his presence and commune, to talk to God. If you were able to get an invitation to go to talk to the most famous person to you, would you take it? You couldn't go directly to someone who was super famous. No, you would have to go through bodyguards. You'd have to go through a lot of red tape. But if you got that golden ticket, if you got that invitation, you'd take it and run to that person and have questions and wanna talk and just endlessly, imagine if you had that. Church, we have that. That invitation, that golden ticket was given by Jesus Christ. We are able to come to God as sinful people as ourselves are able to talk to God because what Christ did for you and for me and anybody who puts their trust in him, we have that invitation. Why we don't do it more often is beyond me. If coming to God, the creator of the universe who spoke creation, if that's not a purpose, then I don't know what is. I love what the author of Hebrews says, how this invitation was acquired through Jesus Christ. Verse 27 of chapter 7. He has no need, talking about Jesus, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily. First for his own sins and then for those of the people. Since he did this once for all when he offered himself up. Once and for all. The moment that Jesus hung on the cross and said it was finished, all sacrificial, the systems of sacrifice prior to that was done. Jesus said, I am the ultimate perfect and last sacrifice. And when we put our trust in what he did for you and for me at the cross and on the third day he rose again from the dead, we have that invitation to step before God, to go in the presence of God through prayer. In the holy of holies. That moment, again, when Jesus hung on the cross, we read that the veil that separated the temple from the holy of holies was torn in half. But it's very specific the way it was torn. It was torn from the top to the bottom. Why? Because man could have come and torn it from the bottom to the top. But man can't. Never. You and I could have never stepped into the holy of holies in the presence of God to be able to pray to him because we are not worthy. It's only he who is worthy. And when he paid that ultimate price at the cross, the veil, the distance was torn from the top to the bottom. Only because and through him. It is an honor to pray, church. You don't have to pray. You get to pray. When I realize that perspective, man, I want to pray. With confidence, as the author of Hebrews says, chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. With confidence we come to God according to his will and he will be there in time of need. That is the purpose of prayer. I'm going to leave you with two double dog dares. Challenges, really. First of all, I double-dog dare you to go to our daily prayers. We started these daily prayers since January. You can upload them in the app. You can go to Facebook. We have them. We post them daily. Pray. Let that be your guide through prayer throughout this series. And specifically this week, we're going to pray for our children. We're opening up our children's ministry next week. We poured the foundation for our children's ministry in the new campus. Pray. We will go. You will go. Anybody who goes into this daily prayer, through the verses we just saw right now. To get a better idea. To get a better understanding of the purpose of prayer. The second challenge is text us. Text us. Text your prayer. We are called to pray for each other. GBC connect. The number is nine four zero zero zero. Ask for prayer. Share each other's burdens. Two dares, two applications. I challenge you. You know what's going to happen? You know what my prayer is that this Siri accomplishes? Change. Change. Change in me. Change in you. Don't change our circumstances, God. Change us. What would it look like if you were more prayerful? What would it look like if you prayed for others and not just yourself? What would it look like if your prayers were His will to be done, not yours? Change. Starting in your family, your community. Who knows? I pray that the purpose of prayer is the fact that we can come before God and that we want to be in His presence. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. First of all, for your love and mercy. Father, I pray that when we do as we are doing now that we don't do it out of obligation, out of ritual. And when we pray, we don't just say words just to say them and get out of the way, but we can come with our open hearts and being sincere. Just like a child comes before his father with open hearts and wanting to commune. Father, I pray that our prayers are more of trusting you, not using you. Just trust you that your ways are better than ours. Father, let us be those of faith. And Father, I pray for your church, Grace Bible Church, that in our prayers, we don't just focus on us, but we look around, that we can intervene in other people's lives, that you give us opportunity to share the gospel with so many. Father, I pray that if anybody's sitting here who has not received your son as their savior, that they do, through prayer. I know that is your will. And Father, I pray and I thank you that we can come because of your son Jesus Christ with confidence. I thank you for his sacrifice. I thank you for your love. I thank you for who you are and continue to be. We love you. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Love you, church. Have a blessed week.